This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. What a, what a great opportunity in a time to live and to be excited to say, hey, we as the body of Christ must arise and shine for our light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon us. And so the, the, earlier today we spoke about the freedom of, from fear and how do we challenge this whole issue uh, to walk in faith and in the love of God. And so now we're going to sort of have part two. So if you missed this morning, I'm going to just recap one or two of those things. There's a couple of things we have been speaking about. And uh, just a reminder that we've come to a different covenant, a different way of thinking when we are spiritual beings and the body of Christ. There's an innumerable company of angels. And that's what it said in Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, What a place it says. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living. Heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Therefore, since we were receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. I spoke about But especially this last verse, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. The moment when you say yes to God, there's a kingdom. And that kingdom is coming. It's not determined by the opinion of people or pandemics or epidemics or what what demic you academics or whatever demics you think of. It's simply the kingdom come. And we need to receive that kingdom every day. So uh, just a tip every morning when you wake up, say, Lord, thank you. I receive your kingdom. Thank you that your kingdom is coming. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And says, by grace, let us have grace by which we may serve. Because when we receive the kingdom, we also receive grace to walk in that kingdom. And that kingdom comes in our relationship with God, our relationship with one another. There's grace. There's an enablement to do His will. That's what grace is. The ability to do His will. What He's called us as the church. Some people say, hey, let's panic. Everything is going to go down. The ship is going to sink. Everything is falling apart. No, there is grace. (laughs) There is grace to walk and to do and be the church in this time god has called us to live now let's do it let's do it with passion and desire and that's why it says by which we may serve god acceptably not according to our terms let's serve him according to his term where he will accept it because there's grace to do that with and how with reverence with worship and godly fear so we serve so that it's acceptable to God, we serve with reverence because we realize like, wow, we're living in a time where we can worship God and godly fear for God is a consuming fire. Our God is a consuming fire. And I said it earlier that simply we are not allowed to fear except fear God. We're not allowed to have fear in our hearts except the fear of God. And this is the time for the true church of God to arise, to stand up, to say, hey, this, this is it. I'm going to serve with godly fear. I'm going to serve him. Lord, where are the opportunities where I can serve him? And then we looked at Psalm 18, verse 1 to 6. You can go read it at home where David cried out to the Lord. He says, Lord, 
You're my fortress. You're my deliverer. You're my strength in whom I trust. My shield. Wow, beautiful pictures that's applicable to you and I in this time. Doesn't matter what storm we go through. You know, because he wrote there, and the things that he wrote, sure, he says, I'll call upon God because even hell seems to have come close to me. Even the valley of the shadow of death. Even I will feel. Because, Lord, you are my shepherd, the true shepherd. You know, so lots of people are quoting Psalm 91 and Psalm 23 in this time. You know, in the presence of my enemies, God will prepare a table. And those things are all true. It's not to escape away from what we're experiencing at the moment, but it's simply to align ourselves with being spiritual beings. And so I love David, just how raw and honest he was before God. How he cried out to God and said, God, I trust in you. I trust in you. And, and the basis of trust is surrender, is the ability to let go of control. And, you know, if there was ever a time where we're not in control, we don't know the outcome of things that's happening, we can't just say, oh, let's go on as normal. For a time, there's going to be no normal. Normal is going to be redefined, and therefore normal will only be defined by God and firstly our identity of who we are in Christ. And so the challenge is, is who are we are as sons and daughters of God? Not what will happen around us, what is the circumstances, whether it change or not, we will worship the Lord. We will say, He is my rock, He is my refuge, He is the one in which I trust. So there were eight things that we sort of highlighted, and you can go and look at them a little bit later. And we check, we looked at, uh, checking our immediate, keeping, keep seeking the kingdom of God, stir up the gifts, fill your lamp, renew your mind, taking every thought captive, walk in love, remain a giver, fight the good fight of faith. And so I'm going to just repeat one or two things that we shared on the immune system. We need a godly immune system, but especially to have a non-toxic environment is so important. And so if you, uh, I've got vitamins, you know, you take vitamins. I used to, we used to grow up and every day you got these, these pills. You needed five liters of water to swallow one of those big pills because it's like just huge stuff, you know, you think like, and then you later hear all the stuff that, you know, in any case, it doesn't stain your body. You get rid of most of it, but and in different ways. But so <clears throat> the vitamins, you know, drink your vitamins, eat your vegetables. Your mom said that to you for hours on end and, you know, eat the apple, do that stuff. Why? Because you are filling yourself up with and building up your immune system so that when the flu comes, there's a, hey, your body naturally fights against what is coming. And so a spiritual immune system is so important. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 to 8, we saw it. It says, rejoice always, be anxious for nothing, let your requests be made known to God. And then finally, meditate on things that are praiseworthy, pure, lovely, of a good report. If there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And to meditate is not like in the Hindu or a different religion where you empty yourself. It's actually filling yourself with the right stuff. Surrounding yourself, getting scripture inside of you, putting on the worship music. You know, remember when King Saul and David was there, you know, and King Saul was distressed by a demonic spirit. Then he just would play the hop and the demons would flee. There was no place where, the, especially when we worship God and the presence of God is there where the presence of evil can increase when we know who God is and when we say it. And that's why praising God is so important because you say who God is. 
David said who God is. He says, I do not come to you, Goliath, in my own strength. I come to you in the name of the Lord of the hosts of the armies of heaven. You know, he declared who God was over Goliath. And that was so amazing. And so sometimes we have to just declare. We have to say, this is it. This is my God, my rock, my refuge. And so your immune system is so important, your spiritual environment that you find yourself in. Because, yes, you can go and download all the movies now and watch all the series that you've missed in the past three years. And you say, like, four weeks, I've got a plan out for that. Um, and that is just getting back into the flesh and staying in the flesh. Or you can say, Lord, I'm going to use this opportunity to seek your face. I'm going to use this opportunity to bless other people around me because my neighbor may be, so afraid of what's happening that she doesn't come out so what can i do you know walk her dogs or do something you know just go and help and go and serve because there's so many challenges but what do we surround ourselves with and who do we surround ourselves with is so important because the presence of god is there is the fullness of joy it's in the presence of god it's when we stay connected to who he is and what his word says over our lives and that's why it uses a couple of things whatever is true Starts with, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, pure, lovely, of good report. You know, we're so surrounded with bad reports. You know, I, I have some people, even in our family, you know, um, that just, it's just the negative thing upon the negative thing, you know. But that's what I actually love about the, especially South African culture, is we can make a joke about anything, you know. There's always a joke coming through because laughter is good. You know, somebody sent me uh, this picture of, because the, the big question is what's happening to all the toilet paper, you know. they I think in Australia they were like fighting three, there was a video with three ladies fighting over the last piece of toilet paper, you know. But hey, if you have no toilet paper, use your hands like the Indian. At least you wash your hands a lot more than normal, you know? You'll know it is clean. But somebody sent me this photo of this guy wrapped his whole face in toilet paper with the two toilet rolls, like, staring out, or, you know? And I think, like, oh, that's where all the toilet paper went, you know? But, but it's crazy how people, through rumors and through the news media, just overreact, you know? And as Christians, we don't overreact. You know, we trust God. And yes, be responsible, but we don't run around like headless chickens because the environment we find ourselves must be a godly, virtuous, you know. It's so amazing that woman that touched Jesus, uh, it says, and virtue flowed from him to heal her, the woman with the flow of blood. She had many years of just like intense pain and distress and stuff happening to her. But the moment when she just went on her knees, crawled and touched the hem of his garment, virtue came life yeah and it wasn't just physical healing it was much more because even after that she was already healed and jesus says your faith has made you well be healed and and just go you know so there was a emotional distress that she was going through the shame the rejection the fear of failure but when she touched the hem of his garment she was healed immediately physically and later emotionally and spiritually there's a lot of people that need emotional healing at this time because people can't control their emotions they're going wild they're reading all this stuff and so make sure that your input is also more in the bible than what it is just to go on news 24 and other stuff make sure you surround yourself with worship songs you can't spend so many hours on the negative but you don't fill yourself 
and meditate on the things that are praiseworthy. Meditate. Think of who God is. Think about the scriptures. Now go read Revelations 4 and 5 and look at what heaven looks like. Go read Isaiah chapter 6 and see what Isaiah saw. He says, he said, I saw the Lord sitting high on a throne and the robe filled the temple. I have a bit of imagination, but I see the smoke coming out and the building shake and the, the fullness of God manifest. And I think like, wow, <clears throat> Lord, you're not falling from your throne. You're, you're not distracted by these things. And so when we align ourselves with who God is, that's where we start to meditate. So I want to <clears throat> focus and just say, say this, what Corrie Boom said, I've quoted it already. It says, worry doesn't empty of its sorrows. It empties today of its strength. Worry doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrows. It doesn't change tomorrow, but it does change today, the way you respond today. And so worrying, anxiety, fear, stress is part of people's lives, but hey, let's seek the kingdom of God. Let's stir up the gifts. And so the one principle we all need to know and sort of adhere to is every day understand this. And it's, it's such a basic principle, but... I need to remind myself all the time also of how do I renew my mind? And that's part of repentance is renewing your mind. Part of thinking differently. Because even repentance, the root of repentance is to think differently. To have a different revelation. Uh, it's not denial. It's not, it's not walking away from the facts. But once you see the facts, you have to embrace the truth. Because they're different. The facts and the truth isn't always the same. The truth is what Christ says over a situation. That's why it's so important to come to him and hear what, Lord, what have you got to say about this situation? Uh, spend time with the Lord. But repentance and renewal is, is, is that thing of, hey, I've been on this direction. I've walked this road and I have a 180 degree turn to this side. And I say, Lord, I'm going to think differently about who you are, about what trust is, about what you say about me. And so in Romans chapter 12, <clears throat> it's a scripture that we all know very well. But it's um, Paul beseeching the brethren. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, of God, I plead with you. So you must hear the cry of his heart. He says, I plead with you that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Again, that whole idea of serving God. When you present yourself to God in worship, when you come in the morning and things are going tough and you're not understanding and the economy isn't so nice, then present your body as a living sacrifice to God. And then he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove, test, what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So every day you need to now learn to present your body to Christ. You need to learn to present your emotions to Christ. Present your spiritual being to Christ. Don't just go through life and say, oh, I'm going to just see what happens or what happens not. Maybe he loves me, he loves me not. You know, pulling that little daisy. It doesn't work like that. Present yourself. You become the living sacrifice. You become the praise that goes up to God. We, we, our life, and that's why intercession in this time is so important. You have to pray. That is, that is the inner closet. That's the room where, that's the, that's the engine of the car. It doesn't help you to sit in the car and you go 
brum, 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 and you make as if you're a car. It's not going to work. The engine is where the oil and the combustion is and the fire is and the stuff. And so when the engine room is, is removed or the engine of that car, you can go nowhere. You can have all the nice windows. You can even have stuff. But if the engine is failing, then we're just playing around. Oh, yeah, put up the music, you know, put up the worship music and let the windows go up and down, up and down. But the fact is the car is going Nowhere, okay? So you have to drive the car. And the engine is so important. And the engine of our lives is our communion with the Holy Spirit, our prayer life. And that's why it says, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world. What is the patterns of this world? People want to be fleshly. People want to just go back. Okay, let's watch all the movies we can. Let's just lie around. Let's just wait this thing out. But now is actually there. Opportunity to present our bodies to Christ, present the church to Christ. We become a living sacrifice. I said it, the essence of the Christian life is we do not choose anymore. We give up the right to choose. Lord, you know best. We give up the right to surrender and to trust. We put to death the right to live life as you choose. Lord, I will obey whatever is on the other side of if. Is what you are laying your life down for. I choose to obey. I choose to give up my right to choose. And so that is a tough part. Because I think it's a great opportunity for all of us as the church right now. (laughs) Because so many people, their life are discomforted. They are not in a safe space. There's no more sport that they can watch. There's no more than would normally go and... Drinking alcohol, you know, now pubs are closing down, a lot of stuff is happening. It's a great opportunity because now people are left sort of like, what did I fill my life with? Now my life feels very empty. And so it's only the Christians that have filled their life with Christ. And that's why we renew our minds. That's why we think differently about the situation even. Lord, this is an opportunity. Or do you see it like, oh, no, no, the boat is going to sink. Everything is going to go under. We're going to fail. The church is going to be like this. There's nobody. Oh, nobody loves me. But hey, I will obey even if it costs me everything. Lord, I will obey even if I don't know the answer. I'm not going to obey because it's just the right thing to do. I'm obeying because I'm trusting God. I'm obeying because, Lord, you know the best. And therefore, I don't accuse God. I don't become negative about God. But I need to renew my mind every day. It's not like once a month I go in or once every 10 years. You know, it's like being married. You can't tell your wife once every 10 years, oh, I told you I love you. You know, you have to say it every day, Daniel, every day. Vilio, every day. Now, Vilio is not married, but going to get married soon. Hallelujah. And Cody and all the single guys here. You know, and, and when Cody has like his wife and his seven children and Vilio, his nine children, you know, the amazing thing is then all the chokakis, the Vilio and Ninas, oh, oh, but, you know, Vilianas and all, obviously the Siasas, there's going to be a triplets of Siasas. I know that. Yeah, but, but all around, you know, now we need to, Renew our minds. We need to renew our vows. We need to say those things that are true and say, hey, I I love you, even if it doesn't work out the way we thought it's going to work out. I love God even because I trust him. And so it's a daily thing. Uh, Renewing your mind is not a 
once off thing. Now you're going to suddenly think different and you plug into God and now, you know, short circuit the brain. And tomorrow you walk out a different person. It's a process. And especially in times like this, this is a great opportunity to think about God. Who are you? You know, A.W. Tozer said it. What do you think when you think about God? Yeah. What do you think who he is? Because that thinking will determine so much of your perception and your reaction to him, your response to him. And so when the pressure is on in the world, this is a time to say, wow, God is omnipotent. God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's all powerful. God is omniscient. He's all knowing. He knows what's going to happen in a year from now. That's why I'm so excited about this time that we're in because God told us. Hey, what if we're not going to have church by just coming together on a Sunday with a massive group? What if things are not going to work out the way we think? Are we going to still be the church? You know, that's been coming a couple of months now. We thought maybe, or I thought maybe two years from now, five years from now. And now suddenly you realize like, no, it's now. <laughs> you know, And now some people respond in fear and others say, this is an opportunity. This is the time to strengthen our relationships, to encourage each other, to walk in love. To think like Christ thinks. Can I say amen? Can I get an amen? So put to death the things of this world. Put to death the ways we think. Okay, and so Paul writes about this as well in um, 2 Corinthians 10 verse 1 to 5. He says, you know, let me just get to that scripture quickly. 2 Corinthians 10, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. He says, and this is so important, you know, it's you can decide as renewing your mind. Then verse 3, we can stay in the flesh and walk in the flesh and react in the flesh. Or we can walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The flesh is going to want to draw you back all the time to the way the world says about Corona and all the th- things happening about us or what's going to happen to us. Or you can walk in the spirit. You can say, Lord, I'm going to be godly minded. I'm going to be spiritually minded. And then he talks about the weapons of our warfare. If we are not carnal, mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. You need disobedience you need to take every thought captive you need to reject every argument you need to learn that there is a battle going on for your mind and the fiery dots of the enemy they're real they are thoughts that the devil plant in your head and i'm i'm so reminded the past couple of weeks you know how important it is to put up the shield of faith how important it is to let god be your shield but you have to be behind the shield. <laughs> you know, you, you have to use the shield. A lot of people are not using their sword. They're not using their weapons. They're not, like Ephesians says, hey, we have, we have a weaponry that we have to put on. The helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness. We have to walk in what God has called us. And yet, so many Christians, especially in the West, we just fast asleep. We don't know that there's a war going on for your thoughts, for your life. So put on the armor of God. Live, learn to take thoughts captive because you're going to walk and then suddenly you're going to say like, oh, you're going to lose everything. Oh, you're going to lose your job. Oh, yeah. Then the thoughts come. And then most people think, but that's my thoughts. But just a reminder again, it's not the devil plants thoughts in your head and in your life. And sometimes he even uses other people to say those same things and confirm it. 
But it's always ac- accusation. The devil speaks in forms of accusation. You will never, you will always, and anyone that's married here can confirm. We never use the word never. You never do this. You always do this. Louise and I always, I always say, okay, give me five examples. Dates, time, and this. If you say you have always do this, then just give me five examples. Normally you can mention two. But then you're always, and you're never, suddenly fades away. Because you realize it isn't like that. But I am now forming a perception, an argument, because I didn't tackle the thing right when it started. And it's so easy to have arguments, strongholds, high things. That's what Paul writes about. In our brains, and in our heads, and in our life, and over our nation. Where people just say like, this is it, this is how it's going to be, nothing can change ever. So we must take the thoughts captive. That's one of the questions we're going to end with. What are the thoughts currently in your head? What are things that you may think of yourself, but what are things that are planted there? And whenever it is accusational, it's not from the Lord, and it's not you thinking it. You know, I used to uh, struggle with rejection. So what would happen is I would walk into a room and then immediately without anybody even saying it, I would feel rejected because I would look at people's body language and then this thought would come. Yeah, no, no, that guy actually doesn't want to spend time with you. No, no, I'm actually not good enough. Or uh, no, no, I need to go and connect with that person because if I talk to them, then that and that is going to. But you know how we then just become targets for the devil's lies and it's always about our identity. If you are a son of God, are you really a son of God? No, 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 prove it, you know. Don't, don't, don't just tell me you're a son of God. Get up onto the temple and jump and then the angels will catch you, you know. Let's have proof of your sonship, you know, or let's turn the, the, the stones into bread. Do a miracle and everybody's gonna come. People are gonna love you, Jesus, because they're hungry. Do a miracle outside of God's timing, outside of what God says, outside of obedience to him. Because you have the power, Jesus, if you are the son of God, if you are the son of God. And so you must know that your and my greatest attack is around our sonship, is around our identity in Christ. It's like, oh, you're going to lose everything. Do you know? And if you lose everything, then, oh, you're not a good son. You're not a, oh, you're never going to do that. But that's how he starts. is accusation upon accusation. And you have to take those thoughts captive. So I pray. Say, Lord, give me wisdom and give me discernment. Discernment is the ability to see when the enemy attacks you, when those thoughts come. And then you have to reject it with the word of God. Just, it's so simple, but it's so profound when we practice the things. Because otherwise you're going to think like, oh, that's just me. Oh, I'm thinking like a worm again. I'm just ashamed again. Oh, no, there I fall into the same trap. Because we then become sitting targets for the devil. We just walk around and think like, oh, no, there's not really a spiritual war. So with this whole epidemic and pandemic and all this stuff happening around us, there's a spiritual war going on, and the devil wants to trap people in fear. He wants to set you up for a fall, and he wants to steal your faith and your innocence and your childlikeness and your belief in God. You know, and that's what every Christian, that's what Paul writes and says, hey, don't walk in the flesh now. Don't walk in the flesh. Be like those virgins whose oils are filled. You know, their lamps are filled. And you can't just now be last rush. Fill your lamp. Fill your lamp. If it's not full, connect with God. Connect. Take every thought captive. Take every argument. Destroy the arguments. Punish disobedience. You know? And how do you do it? By becoming obedient to God. How do you do it? By speaking life. You know? And it's not a blind thing. It's just a very simple thing that every believer must do every day. When you go to the east or when you go to up in Africa, then wow, you know? People are so aware of the spiritual realm. 
here in the western way of thinking we don't recognize the demons we think they're extinct you know it's like oh they not don't exist anymore but our idols are huge they might the demons come oh you know stuff of the heart it's the stuff we own and the things the status and the pride of life and those things whoo and it's being challenged bring it on jesus challenge it shake everything that cannot be shaken yeah that we think cannot be shaken the only thing that cannot be shaken is the kingdom of god so take every thought captive learn to walk in love we we say that and the last thing the last two things is to to learn to fight the good fight of faith but especially number seven is to be a giver listen to this in second corinthians 8 verse 1 to 5 over brethren we make known to you the grace of god bestowed on the churches of macedonia that in a great trial of affliction the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality for i bear witness that according to their ability yes and beyond their ability they were freely willing imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints and not only as we had a hope but that the that they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. Beautiful picture of how Paul writes. And he says, look here, these guys were under much pressure, under much affliction. But the thing that set them free from fear was their giving. Giving themselves to the Lord spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially, in every way. Because the first thing that fear does, fear makes you like, hold on to everybody. And you can see it shopping crazy now everybody's running around for toilet paper and they don't know why they're running around for toilet paper everybody's like oh you know just stock up stock up for and you can see how the world and the flesh is responding people are going crazy people are driving in in the shopping malls and just filling everything and taking stuff out of other people's stuff trolleys and you think like is this normal is this like human but it's just a reflection of the heart you know, because that's what we do when we respond in fear. We we don't have any hope for tomorrow. We don't have any outcome. We don't know, oh, you know, because now I'm trusting myself. I'm going to make it work here, you know. And I'm not saying, hey, don't stock up toilet paper or don't, you know. You know, if you have to go in quarantine or something like that, you know, then obviously you need to have food and you have to. But this running around like crazy is such a manifestation of the flesh in the world. Yeah, now, because we don't care about anybody else. I'm just caring about myself. And as long as I survive, you know, oh, maybe I lost half of the stock markets or all my stock stuff or whatever, but I don't really care about the poor. But as the church, <coughs> sorry, we can't afford that. Uh, sorry, that wasn't there, like I can help. Oh, I should have. <coughs> but in any case, so, um, but it's amazing how people, oh, the other day I sneezed and two people were staring at me as if it's the end of the world, you know, and I forgot to put my stuff before my stuff but so and i thought like wow i got such a stare and i thought like oh die me bury me later but so um the amazing thing is it's amazing how people are panicking and and paul writes here and he says now is the time to give now is the time to discover the abundance of god it's such a free time and and give of your love give of god's love to your neighbor go go and take care of people go out go out of your way to give in every way you can because then you're going to see how God provides. And, and wow, what an opportunity to be set free from fear. This is an opportunity for the church to break with the spirit of fear. 
to break with that intimidation, to break with control. And especially in the West, we are challenged with this. The church in the Middle East and the persecuted church, they're used to this type of living. We now suddenly a bit uncomfortable and now everybody wants to shut down and just like, let's ride the wave out. No, no, no. This is an opportunity to become a giver, to make a difference where we are. And then finally, in uh, Ephesians 6, and you can go and read it. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. Put on the whole arm. You know, stand in, in the fullness of Christ. That's what we do when our minds are renewed. That's when we do it, when we've broken free of fear. It's not because we're reacting to fear, but we're fearing the Lord. We're saying, God, this is it. There's a lot of grace. But now I want to discover your grace. Finally, I want to end off by uh, sharing a testimony. Because fear is a reality in all of our lives. It's, it comes very close to you. And sometimes it even presses you physically and it challenges you physically. And so... Uh, what happened a couple of years ago is I struggled with hay fever and I got a sort of infection in my throat. And, um, you know, you sort of self-medicate for a while. And then after a while, I realized, like, this is really getting bad. I couldn't speak properly, sort of got a bit of horse. And so I went to the doctor eventually, first prayed and went to Dr. Jesus. That's where we always go first. And uh, so then, but I wasn't healed. And so I went to the doctor and he gave me a set of antibiotics, used that for a couple of days. I didn't get better. Then I went for a second set. And in this process, I didn't share a lot about this, these fears. But what kicked off the whole thing is I was reading a specific article on just lung cancer and throat cancer specifically and how it forms and all that stuff. And, and so I thought like, wow, there's lots of people struggle with this. And, and, and then this thought came in, but what if you have it? You know, what if this, what if, you know, all this, what if, what if, you know, and so, so through that article I read, it actually just started a process of a lot of fear and a lot of like, well, you know, what if you can't talk anymore? What if you need an operation? And so this whole process went a couple of weeks. And in my third set of antibiotics, I really, really couldn't sleep properly because the fear now became an argument. And it's sort of like, what is the scenario here? Who's going to take care of this? And who's going to take care of your family? And so eventually the, it gripped me. It became a stronghold. And so um, at a stage I was praying with two other friends. And the one guy just out of the blue just said like, no, it's not the sickness. is not the problem. The fear is you need to repent of the fear. There's actually a demonic assignment of fear on you. Um, and it was amazing when I repented the next day, next day and a half, I was completely healed. And I realized, like, sure, the the whole process of these thoughts just coming and believing these thoughts, and it always starts very small. It, and it took a couple of weeks in my life, and the same will happen sometimes in our lives. You know, now what what if you're never going to get a husband? What if you're never going to get married? What if you're going to end in divorce? What if? Um, and then it always ends up in accusation, isolation. And so very important is speak about it. Talk about it with your friends. Just share it and bring it into the light and say, look, yeah, I'm struggling with this fear. Don't deny it. Just say, this has come up. And then immediately you can take authority over that. Uh, because we all go through that. And I eventually got so sick that I thought, like, this is the end of my life. You know, I'm, I've, I've got a month to live, you know, because that's what they said in this article. And I really believed because I, the symptoms were the same and a lot of stuff. Um, and I realized like, wow, you know, it's something so simple, but I was not aware 
of the spiritual atmosphere around my life. And I was a bit tired. It was that time of um, the year where it's just the end of the year and everybody's like, oh, you know, I wasn't list for intercession and prayer. And so I had to take authority over that. So I want to encourage us as we're going to end off to identify what are some of the thoughts and the fears in our hearts at the moment that we need to take authority over. What are the stuff? What's that worst case scenario that you have been thinking about? Oh, maybe I'm going to die young. Maybe this is going to happen. We need to take authority over those fears. Um, and then also maybe a fear of your country, the fear of stuff that's happening around us and, and say, sure, I'm, I'm not going to align myself with those thoughts and what other people say even. Let's, let's trust God for breakthrough. And that's where we can also inter- seed and we can stand in the gap for the people around us um, and the things you know the thoughts what are the thoughts we need to take captive so you, so as we're going to break up into these groups let's talk about that and then the last thing is also the armor you know what are the areas of the armor of God that we are not using at the moment maybe we've dropped our sword we've dropped our shield we've taken our shoes off we're not walking anymore to bring the gospel to the people around us um and so that's maybe a second thing we can just be honest and say let's share and let's take authority so i'm going to pray for us and then let's break up into groups and connect with each other and just bring it into the light so that god's light can overpower it and and we can drown in the love of god amen so let's pray father we thank you for this time this awesome time we can have together as the body of christ all across the world lord We just bless you for your faithfulness and your goodness. You are true to your word. You never lie. Lord, we pray that you'll expose every accusation, every fear, every intimidation in our hearts, every lie, every thought. We want to take that captive today to the obedience of Christ. And go so far, Lord, to punish every disobedient thought, Lord, every lie that the devil has brought, Lord. And we say no to that and yes to your ways and your will, God, over our lives, over our families, over the church, over this nation. Lord, let your kingdom come. Lord, let your church arise in this time and shine for your light has come. Lord, even when deep darkness covers the earth, let your light shine, Lord. Lord, darkness and light cannot mix. Let your light shine in the truth of your light and your love in our hearts and in our lives. In Jesus' name. And everyone says, Amen. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.